Welcome to What Do You Understand, brought to you by Global Partners for Development. I'm your host, Rhea Pullen, and together we'll explore the world of philanthropy and development, confronting global disparities and the impacts of our collective efforts. Joining me is my co-host, Daniel Casanova, the Executive Director of Global Partners for Development. So, are you ready to question what you understand? Let's dive right in. Today, we're joined by Ash Rogers, the co-CEO of Luwala Community Alliance. In our conversation, we'll uncover how Luwala's model goes beyond just healthcare delivery to foster a community that's educated, empowered, and resilient. We'll hear about their successes, the challenges they've overcome, and the powerful stories of the individuals whose lives they've touched. My name is Ash Rogers, and I am the co-CEO of Luwala Community Alliance, and we partner with the government of Kenya to improve health systems and achieve holistic, better life outcomes for our communities. Fantastic. How long has Luwala been around? Luwala is now in our almost our 17th year. Oh, wow. um, and was founded by two Kenyan brothers and their community in really a response to the HIV epidemic and really um, a maternal and child mortality um, that was associated with, with that pandemic and really a reaction to the injustice that they didn't have access to healthcare. And so they organized, um, they donated community land and resources, and they built themselves a hospital and said, we will we'll create the health system that should be reaching us. Um, and, and from there, then the organizations build what we call our community-led health model that starts with community organized around health. Very cool. Are the brothers still involved? They are. Yeah. That's great. So our, our co-founders are on our board, Fred and Milton Ochier, um, and they are both physicians. Um, one is a, a gastroenterologist and the other one does cardiology. Um, and so, you know, they're all smart fellows um, and have been yeah, just really important supporters of the organization and, and founders of the organization. And they actually kind of different for Lawala than, than some other organizations is that our founders never ran the organization. Mm -hmm. They got it up and running, they supported their community, they've um, supported fundraising and kind of early days of like getting it up and running um, and then have always wanted it to have professional leadership that was that was separate from them. And so is that you? That's me. <laughs> You're the hired gun. I'm one, I'm like... one of the hired, the hired guns, yeah. <laughs> What kind of led you to that journey to where you are now? What were you doing before Lawala? How long have you been with Lawala? Yeah, so um, I, I, you know, started my career. I should say, kind of before my career, um, in undergrad, I was really interested in the continent, and I had oper an opportunity to um, to to go to Uganda right after I had graduated, um, and did some work with with different organizations at that time. Realized like. Oh, I would really love to contribute to what's happening, and met like a lot of local leaders, and kind of felt the optimism um, of of work that was happening in, in, in Uganda, which is where I was exposed to at that time. Um, 
and like, oh, I don't have like any helpful skills, so I should, <laughs> I should like go get some and like be be useful. And so I went to grad school, um, and then and into some internships and whatever, and then um, was part of a program called Global Health Corps, uh, which okay. was funded by Robert Bush's organization, um, and and had the opportunity to go back to Uganda, um, work with a small organization. Uh, I don't know how helpful I was, but I certainly had the opportunity to, to try to be helpful. <laughs> and you um, learned, I'm sure, while you I, were there. I learned a lot. I got a lot out of it. Um, and, and, and at that time, there was a family foundation that was just getting kind of up and running called Siegel Family Foundation. Um, and so I came on early with them and had this really cool experience of being involved with this family as they tried to um, lay out like their vision for philanthropy um, and which ultimately is really based on humility and them mm -hmm. wanting to fund local leaders, wanting them to get to, to help local leaders like get more access to capital both their own but also like how can we crowd in other philanthropists to support the organizations that are just such a small percent um of, of global financing for for development and so um so i worked with with siegel family foundation as their director of operations and lawala was in my grant portfolio oh and so i got to know our founders the organization i visited several times um, uh, over over that period of time, and I also got to see a really wide range of of community led organizations, um, and kind of see the, the the trajectories of growth or or kind of lack thereof that was happening across that set, and I felt like there was an opportunity, like that the Luwala had some unique attributes. Um, one being my now co-CEO, Julius, um, who, had, who had been brought in about six months before I joined the organization, um, as well as having systems and structures, some good evaluations, some good research that was like aligning with this real community-led model. Um, yeah, and they needed, a, they needed a sucker to fundraise for them. They, they, yeah, they yeah. needed some. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, like what I can do is is leverage money, and so yeah. felt like you know um, it had this real this real opportunity to just kind of repackage incredible mm -hmm. work that was already happening, um, but get it in front of people with more money and yeah. be able to really see a faster growth trajectory. Um, and Have so, you been successful yeah. at that? We have. Uh, we have. We've had we've had a fourteen fold increase in revenue since uh, in yeah. in that um, almost I guess it's uh, like a seven and a half year period, um, and uh, there's more growth to come. Like we're and I think that uh, a lot of that, of course, is our incredible team that's been able to really demonstrate impact on the ground. Um, a lot of that's because of our administrative health partners in Kenya and really the Kenyan government's yeah. like increasing ambition and their the real resources that they're putting behind universal health coverage and that's made it easier to sell and to be able to say like let's let, let's let's come right. behind a movement yeah. that's winning you know right and so when it started did they start out as like a dispensary and then go turn into like health clinic and then are you like a class four health that's exactly right yeah okay yeah well, there was never, and, I, 
I don't even know if we had the word dispensary at that time for what was happening. It, uh, it probably was. I mean, throughout the region, I think it's pretty standard. I mean, it was standard in Kenya. Did we call ourselves a dispensary? You were like, no. <laughs> we called ourselves. I think from the beginning, you know, everyone's you doctor. Like, the trunk of a right? car. Like or... everyone's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, but no, like really humble beginnings and. You know, in in the beginning, like there's stories from from Fred and Milton, you know, them going to to um, local government, to to Ministry of Health officials, and being like, "Can we have some like drugs, you know, to <laughs> to, to run this thing?" And then being like, "Oh, you're young yeah. people," as like this is kind of a crazy idea. Like you're still in school, um, come back when you've like done something. <laughs> yeah. Like hey, let's see what you can get going yeah. on your own. Um, and, and, and so it's been a evolution of that partnership with, with government. And I think it's come alongside mm-hmm. a real shift in, um, in, in, in the health sector in Kenya as well, and kind of what, what the unambition is. Do you feel like, so you guys must be doing things with the government then on a policy level and stuff, like what, tell us about that and what that's like, or if you can. Yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> no, this is, this is like the, the health moment in, yeah. in Kenya. Um, yeah. You know, uh, we've had now like successive presidents who've really put their voice behind universal health coverage. Um, and Kenya has had, you know, one of the most successful um, national health insurance schemes on the continent um, in NHIF. It has, it has challenges, but it's a real, it's a real kind of foundation to build UHC upon. Um, and and, and Lawala has been working with a coalition of organizations in Kenya towards um, putting more resources into community health and community governance and professionalizing the community health workforce. Um, and that has been a, a an argument that that we've been working on globally. You know, some of the you know WHO, uh, USAID, uh, Africa CDC. All of these actors are really important to that norm setting and like what what countries are, are able to make possible. And so we have a global coalition that we're part of called the Community Health Impact Coalition. We've been we've been fighting that fight together, um, and then also a national coalition that's been doing that same work. And that has come together in the last couple of years, where the conversation while really seeing a sea change, which we know was before literally people coming to these conferences around UNGA and saying like, oh, isn't it fantastic the return on investment you get from uh, community health workers because they're oh. volunteers, right? And like bragging about their exploitation oh. of unpaid labor. Um, and, and that's not the conversation anymore. Well, and things so, need to be lo-fi and low barrier and, you know, we need to like have, you know, to be volunteers when you go to the hospital. <laughs> let, let, let's find the, some of the poorest, most disenfranchised people and in the world. And yeah, and, and, then, and then get them to work 40 hours a week to solve their own health challenges. Like this is- And not know, pay them. And not pay them. And, and, and silly arguments about how like, well, if you paid them, then where would their intrinsic motivation go? Oh, <laughs> you know, I said none of us are paid. Yeah. When well, they're getting healthcare, yeah. they're bringing healthcare oh, to the community. So, so that argument, um, luckily, has really shifted. And I think that there's a lot more global acceptance of the idea that community health workers ought to be paid. That is also the, the change that's happened in, in Kenya. 
um, with the Kenyan government really seeing an opportunity to achieve universal health coverage through making further investments in community health. And, um, and the president with the Council of Governors have, have announced that they want to start doing that and that they want to, a scheme to have the national government um, match county governments for the, okay. the payment of community health workers. And so that's on the table um, and kind of a big opportunity. Um, and Lawal has been working on that with, with, with our partners for, for many years. Um, hopefully we can get some legislation mm -hmm. that, would, that would kind of codify that. Um, and then, you know, there's all the other pieces where like now, now folks need to be supervised and do you need good digital tools and, <laughs> and proper training. So there's the other building blocks to put on it. But, um, but I think the Kenyan government's in a really exciting moment where they're setting a big vision and they're kind of bringing development partners along with them and saying like, this is going to be Kenya's strategy and you're welcome to support it. And so we're, we're excited to be in, in it with them. That's great. That's super cool. I can, that, can I, I can ask you loaded questions now. Sure. Gonna, what's your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> no, so I, she funny, it's oh, them I think it's <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm like, I want to, I want her not to have one. <laughs> my favorite Bruce Springsteen song is Dancing in the Dark. Okay. Like for sure. I feel like very seen. Um, <laughs> very seen. Is that what you do? You like to dance in the dark? Yeah. 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 Um, no, Bruce has been a, a supporter. Of, Bruce and Patty, Patty have been supporters of Lovala oh, really since our since our founding. Wow. And become had become early friends of Fred and Milton. They had a, a mutual friend who had worked for the family, um, and it introduced them right when they were trying to get the clinic started. Right when they were when they were mourning and, and dealing with the deaths of of their parents, and then also trying to do this crazy ambitious thing of starting yeah. a hospital and fulfilling their father's vision and partnering with their community. And so um, so the Springsteens have been uh, supporters and had been quiet supporters um, of the work for really since our founding. Um, and then Lawala is building an endowment for the hospital. Oh. And so the, you know, the idea is that like the the private hospitals in the U.S. that, that you and I go to, like, those are endowed. Mm -hmm. The universities that that folks are attending, like those are endowed. Yeah. Um, and and yet uh, we've gotten wild reactions to the idea of endowing uh, a Canadian owned hospital. Well, yeah. Um, Contrary to like motives of like you know spending down things and doing that, but it's yeah. I, I think it's different if you're talking about something that's on the continent and in the space. A different well, the community wants it to exist in perpetuity, yeah. and yeah. the continent is covered with, uh, you know, mission hospitals mm -hmm. that have that have been planted and, and filled, um, and and so it, it seems radical for some people, but not for the boss. He was like, <laughs> he was pumped, like Bruce and Patty are in it, and they're like, we want to do something public for you all um, to get to get more support of it, um, and you know it's. You know, we're we're backed by folks like Bridgespan, who wrote this incredible article about black led endowments and saying that, you know, being for philanthropists to to put money into um, into an endowment like this is like, you know, it's the ultimate form of trust based philanthropy. Yes. Um, 
And so we're pumped with it. And like, I feel like there's, there's no better face of the campaign than, than Mr. Springsteen. Yeah. So we're, yeah. Yeah. Well, good thing you've had a song to pick. Yeah. yeah. That would have been tough if I was like, oh, oh shoot. Let me like look on it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll edit it on your phone for a second. Listen. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, my next one would be, so you're, I hear you touting the line. You're like community led, not community yeah. driven. Do you, oh. <laughs> what do you think about that? Like in terms of like, the, like, do you feel like there was a moment where you would have said things were community driven historically and then now you say community led now just because it's like there's like that movement to make change or would you have always said community led? No, I think I would have always <laughs> said that these are semantics and like yeah, uh, I know, and, yeah, and yeah. I'm not sure I know the And I'm not I'm not trying to get you on anything. I'm curious. But sincerely. Um no, I think that the I feel like we we feel part of the community driven development movement yeah um and community-led health has been like the the model and the vernacular that's resonated yeah and that's resonated with our communities and with ministry of health yeah um but but i think essentially like our when when we think about community-driven development in the in the wider space um there's some like tying ourselves in knots of like what actually yeah. we mean and i think <laughs> yeah. that there's also um a conversation that's uh important around decolonization um and we also feel part of that movement and um and they're not exactly the same mm -hmm. um and so i think that there's different levels of that work that lowell is trying to do and, and one level is the program model itself um, and at the program model, our work starts with organizing communities so they can participate in the health system, um, that they can launch their own health initiatives at the local level, but also that they can participate mm -hmm. in uh, local level budgeting um, and strategy processes in, in council level legislation. Devolution in Kenya means that there's real opportunity for for democratic participation. Mm -hmm. And transparency. And, and transparency in the health system. And that's something that is so new. Like this is a constitution that started in 2010. Yeah. And so there's a real opportunity to like, to, to bolster that. And so programmatically, that's where our, our focus is. Um, and then in the organization itself, we're trying to practice um, both decolonization um, and uh, and elevate our community leaders. Um, and so we have this co-leadership model where we have two CEOs and, and the other CEO is, is Kenyan and, and from the region that our community serves. Um, and all of our other, all of our US-based staff, including myself, are focused on leveraging money. Um, and then every other physician is, is in Kenya and held by a Kenyan. Um, you know, what's something that you feel like you understand particularly well that like drives you to do what you do or that's like part of a message that like people need to know because it's important in this time so that we can like head in the right direction? I, I think one thing that I know intimately um, is the experience of, um, of pregnancy and the experience of, of giving birth. Um, and in, in particular, uh, my first child, I was pregnant with my first child, um, while I was interviewing for this position with Lawala. 
Um, and I got the job offer um, while I was in labor. What? And I was on my way to Agapan <laughs> Hospital in Nairobi, and I took the call because I'm afraid of virgin. Um, but also because, you know, having your first child is like filled with lots of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to like know this thing before I was gonna, you know, do, provide this miracle of, yes. of, of yeah. creating life. Um, so anyhow, I took the job offer. And then, or I kind of heard the job offer. I told them I'd get back to them <laughs> after the next like, contraction. Wait, 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 wait. Twenty-four to forty-eight hours. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, and and then I I gave birth to my son. Um, and uh, immediately, you know, after after giving birth, like you're kind of thinking this whole time while you're while you're in labor, while you're pushing, like I am going to have this child at the end. Like I'm gonna be able to hold my baby. Um, and that was really like the prize that I was kind of visualizing. Um, and uh, they, they handed me the baby and it and immediately um, uh, took him away again and handed him to my husband. Um, and then the room filled with people um, and I, I, was, I was hemorrhaging postpartum, um, which is, um, it was incredibly painful and 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 even scary. the really yeah. scary and and the life-saving um care that i provided was also it, it was provided to me it was also excruciatingly painful um and then when you lose enough blood you become hypothermic and it feels like dying you know yeah. um and so i had this experience of really feeling like i wasn't gonna have that that moment and kind of seeing my baby and my partner kind of fading away from me. Um, and, you know, the end of that story is that I received excellent care from a team of incredible um, uh, Kenyan health workers and they saved my life and my baby was fine. And I've had like this incredible opportunity to live after that. Um, and just really thinking about that fragile moment um of of motherhood and of infancy um oh, sorry. And, yeah and just no. like and just like you know the, the real like um connecting of, of humanity um that 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 experience like provides me um and so i hope that like through my work that i can also you know kind of like it's easy to get so technical and it's easy to get so kind of like um, into the day-to-day of, of running an operation, um, but being able to hold like, actually that's what this whole thing is about. It's like, yeah. let's, um, let's hold our humanity and like ensure that people have that dignity um, in childbirth and the, yeah. the opportunity to raise, to raise their children. That's amazing. How old are your kids now? So I have an eight-year-old. That that child is eight oh. years old, um, and uh, and then I have a four-year-old little girl. Okay. Oh, is that a person a boy? A boy, yeah, a boy and a girl. Did you get to hold your girl after she was born right away? <laughs> you know what's really lovely is that I did. I had with with my, I, I think I, I was just um, maybe there's just kind of like uh, some karma like uh, <laughs> coming my way. But my second delivery was just so peaceful. Oh. I pushed once. Oh. Um, I was able to I was able to cut her umbilical cord myself. That's so amazing. I had like this really connected experience that I had 
you know, kind of had, had hoped for. Oh. Um, and so that was that really sense. beautiful. That's yeah. Thank you. I'm a boy. What do you do? They're six and ten, so I. Oh my goodness. A minute two. A minute two. But it's lovely. And that's why I was like getting emotional. I was like, because <laughs> you know, that moment, like, you know, just bringing life into the world and, you know, things can happen. And think about the women in the rural spaces who don't have that care. Yeah. And then they're just, that's just what happens, I think, for them because they know they're not gonna get those interventions or they're too far from those interventions. And, and you know, it's infuriating is that like, almost all of those deaths are preventable. Oh, we have we have the technology, we have the knowledge, like it's, it, it's, um, it's doable and achievable. Um, and, and so you just have to line up the political will, the resources and the operations to make it happen. And get the boss to help you. And get in get, the boss, there you go, there you go. I know yesterday Liev Schreiber said that every NGO should find a celebrity. I was like, okay, let me just go get one in my pocket tomorrow. You know, maybe every celebrity needs to go find an NGO. Exactly, there you go. Well, thank This was you. incredible, thank you. I love to hear your story and that's amazing, thank you. Thanks for having me, this was fun. This was At Global Partners for Development, our mission is to advance community-led initiatives that improve education and public health in East Africa. We envision a world in which every East African community has the capacity to implement dynamic, sustainable solutions to the challenges they face. To learn more, visit gpfd.org.